some trials may come from day to day heartache and sorrows may come my way but nothing can stop me from holding on with Jesus is walking by my side I'm going on I'm going on I'm going on I'm going on going on going on toward the park
as we were singing yesterday the uh, thanks to Calvary and that second verse. See, I get excited. That second verse goes, I went back to the place where I used to live and my little boy ran and hid behind the door. I said, son, don't be afraid. You've got a new daddy now. Praise God. See, I experienced that. I was that little boy. And then I thought about how God, see, your life, our lives matter. See, my father accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, and that was the story of my life. And I thought, if he had not accepted Jesus Christ and surrendered his life, where would I be? Not so good, I can tell you that. Not so good. But by the mercy of God and his grace and power, changed my life. So I sit there singing, and I thought, wow, that affected me. His life changed mine, I have to tell you. Because where I lived and what was involved, it was hard enough just being raised in a Christian family to live in that area, I have to tell you. But praise God, glory to God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ. He has changed. It does make a difference of where you walk and how you walk and people are watching. It's an encouragement. Go forth in the name of Jesus Christ and lift up and live holy in Jesus' name. The gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord was so vast the crossing I I could never ford from where I was to his demand it seemed so to where he was he came to me 
to where he was he came to me when i could not come to where jesus was he came to me A graveside of a loved one Like planting seed To watch and wait for spring That's when he'll return With all his power and glory Shall sing on rain. 
ahead and have the rest of the young people and maybe the uh, chosen generation come on. So I always wake up with a song in my heart or something going through my head. And make me broken is one of the, the verses on here. Make me broken so I can be yours. Because I want no one more than you, Lord. We have to be broken to un or understand the, the servant's life of serving Jesus. Listen to the words of the song. 
Look at them as they're reading them. He's keeping, he keeps making us all through our life. It never stops. We keep moving forward and drawing closer to him until we reach that finish line. father give to those who ask and I just I'm reminded this morning of love I wore my no greater love shirt but God is so good he laid down his life and 
if you haven't received the gift, like Valentine's Day is coming up, that's a bunch of hoopla. Like Jesus is free and he's the gift that keeps on giving forever. And so I'm so thankful. And I want to say that he has done in me, he's made me new physically, but also like I have a hope and a future in him, but he's the hope. He's the free gift and he's the hope. So sing with me this morning. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the
Yes, I sing for all that you've done for me. sing it if you know it I want you to I'm gonna testify look what the Lord has done look what the Lord has done look what the Lord has done he healed my body Washing white as snow, he opened up my blinded eyes. Oh, now my soul does rejoice since I made him my choice. I've got love, peace, everything I need. And now my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Can't you see what he's done for me? Oh, yes, look what the Lord has done. Oh, yeah, look what the Lord has done. My body, he touched my mind, and he saved me. It was just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise his name. Oh, yes, each day he's just the same. Oh, yes, come on, let's praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, let's praise him. Look what the Lord has done. filled with his praises one day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin he dwelt among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us, His glory revealed. Oh, living He loved me, dying He saved me, and buried He carried my sins far away. And rising He justified freely forever, and one day He's coming. Day, oh, glorious day. Oh, one day they led him 
up Calvary's mountain and one day they nailed him to die on a tree suffering anguish despised and rejected bearing our sins my redeemer is he the hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree and they took the nails from me oh living he loved me dying he saved me and buried he carried my sins far away and rising he justified freely forever and one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day one day the grave could conceal him no longer and one day that stone rolled away from the door and then he arose over death he had conquered and now is ascended my lord evermore death could not hold him no the grave could not keep him from rising again oh living he loved me dying he saved me and buried he carried my sins far away and rising he justified freely forever and one day he's coming oh glorious day Save me and buried he carried my sins far away and rising he justified freely forever and one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day trumpet will sound for his coming one day the skies with his glory will shine wonderful day my beloved one bringing my savior jesus is mine living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away and rising he justified freely forever and one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day glorious day oh glorious day
Praise God. We thank you today for the offering. I thank God for this service today. I thank God for his presence today. And I was thinking when they were singing of how the world would not understand if they came into the church house what's going on. And last week I talked about something. I talked about the mystery of God. And I believe I'm going to talk about it again today. So, But I got some things that I like to say about it because I felt like God was showing me things this, this last week about it that I did not talk about last week. And uh, But as I began to think about those things, I began to realize what a mystery it's been. There's a mystery in the godliness that goes on in the church house. When God's spirit begins to move in a service, and I said it last week, you'll find that a lot of times you'll come and they'll sing some of the same songs or sing a new song, but you'll find that it's always the same reaction. You get the reaction of Someone feels the presence of God. I feel the presence of God here today. I know that God is in the house. I know that the Spirit of God is moving upon the church. I praise God. It's moving on our young people. It's moving throughout our people. And that's a good thing. Can I tell you, we always want what God wants. We always want what God is doing. But I want you to understand something. This I got a scripture I want you to turn to, and it's in 1 Timothy, the third chapter. And it's the last three verses of that third chapter. And that's basically my scriptures for today, those three. And that's very seemingly small, short, but it's to the point of what I want to talk about today. I want you to get a hold of something today because... We have a move upon the Spirit of God, a move that God has done, and God has worked on every one of us. He's taken us from children. He's taken us from uh, young to old, serving God. I praise God going to see Harold yesterday. I stood there, Sue, and I could see him singing upon the stage up at, down at Asbury and different places. Why? Because not only did God save him and set him free, he not only gave him a voice to sing, but he put a desire down in his heart. Something lit him up inside to make him drive him all of his life and for him to stand there, Duran, or sit there yesterday and worship God and to feel God's presence. That's what we all desire. Let me tell you something. It's what you need to start and it's what you'll need to finish. When you come to the last days of your life, you need the presence of God to let you know that, Lord, you're still with me. That same power that was not from me wasn't from my knowledge of what I've learned in life. It's from what you have brought to me when you saved my soul, when you set me free, when you lit me up with your presence, and you not only baptize you, but he'll fill you over and over and over. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. He works on every one of us. I want to turn to this because I think it's so important. In the first Timothy 3, 14 through 16, 
It says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Now, Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor. So I want you to understand something when he's writing to him. He's saying Timothy, but he's not, what he's doing, he's encouraging Timothy to talk to his people, to talk to the church that Timothy would go to and the people that he was put in charge to work with. But God is working through him. And God has given Paul something to say to him. And here he is saying, he's, he's saying, I hope to come to you shortly. Then verse 15, he says, but if I tarry long, thou, that thou mayest know how, to, uh, how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is, listen to this, the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. How many knows? That's what I'm talking about. When you come to the house of God, the house of God is where the presence of God, people, God's people meet, and strange things happen in the house of God. It's a mystery to not only to outside world, but anybody that walks in the house. When the Spirit of God goes, nobody knows hardly how it's going to go. They don't know exactly what's going to happen. Why? Because the presence of God is entering the room, and God already has worked before this day ever came. God already knows what he's trying to say. He already knows the hearts that are here, the lives that are at stake. It is important what I do in this life. It's important how I finish my race. It's important that I walk this walk and that others that God has put behind me that will see what God is doing in a life. He said the house of God. I thought about that. I'd like to just go on and pass it, but I'm not going to. It says the house of God. I wrote this down. There should be reverence and respect to the church and to the building. Can I tell you something? There's some stuff going on in the house of God, and I'm talking about all across this nation that ought not be going on. There's a disrespect for the very presence of God in the house. You know what? When it talks about how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, we come here in the name of Jesus. We come here because this is the house that God has gave us. He has set it up. Not we. He has set it up. And he has caused it to be what it's supposed to be. He called and Jesus spoke to seven different churches. He talked to them the way he knew they needed corrected. How many knows what I'm saying? God's always working on us. But praise God when we come to the presence of God, when we come into the house of God, there ought to be a certain reverence. You know what? I don't take this Bible lightly. Can I tell you something? I call that God's holy word. And you know what? There's people taking it and tearing it apart and putting it back together and calling it the Holy God when it ain't the Holy God. They're tearing it apart and making it man's Bible. And I don't want to hear what man's got to say when it comes to that. I want to hear what God says. And you know what? That's whatever Christian. And I'll even go a little farther on that. I'm not going to make everybody here mad, but I'm going to try. Sorry. But when I open my Bible, I don't accidentally run into something I shouldn't. 
Can I tell you, this, this Bible's a lie. Now, you can get your computer and you can sit there and your phone and you can type your Bible on there. But be careful what buttons you hit. Because I can tell you right now, it ain't the same as my Bible. I don't have to worry when I open up that something else might flare up. Something else might fly into my face or something I shouldn't be looking at, something I shouldn't see. Can I tell you something? I love my Holy Bible. It's holy to me and it's precious to me. And I, when I hold it and when I carry it, I carry it with respect and reverence. Now, you know, I'm not picking on nobody. If you love to read out of your phone, it's brighter. You can make the words bigger. You can do all the things. But can I tell you something? Nothing's like what this Bible is. Nothing's like what God's holy living word is to you personally. It's your map. It's your road map. It helps you in every part of life. Be careful what they're putting on the computers. Because they're getting you in it, then they're going to start changing things. And I cannot look up a subject, and I praise God that I can go there. If I can't remember a scripture, Ken, I can go to the, my little iPad and I can punch in half of it, and it'll bring it up where it's at. And all of a sudden, I think, well, praise God, that's good. That helps me. There's helpful things there. But i got to be careful because there's all kinds of translations and all kinds of people with all kinds of ideals throwing things in there. They call it God's holy word. And you know what? If you stick with God's holy word, you'll find out some of that ain't true. Some of it's man's persuasion to make you believe it a certain way. And they've done that in this country. And it ain't, it ain't God doing it. It's the enemy doing it. So be careful. Right? That's all I'm going to say. I'm not trying to. I don't want you to throw your phone away, okay? Unless you've got a real problem with it. You know. Look at verse 16. And without controversy, that means there's no argument. To me, that says, without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. It's a great thing when you come to the house of God and the spirit of God begins to flow. It's a great thing that when the power of God and the word of God begins to get inside of you and begins to change who you think, how you think and what you think. You show up into the room, sometimes Christians, and I know some of you that still work in, in places, offices or wherever, you show up into the room and they don't know how to talk to you. They're afraid of you. There's something strange about that guy. Something strange about that lady. What's going on? The Spirit of God's in them. There's something driving them that they don't understand. And God is trying to show them. I told my friends when they came out here, they come out here for my 60th birthday, they had a surprise party for me, and they invited some friends from, from church. They might be listening to this. I hope, I hope they are. But I told them when I got up, when they asked me to say it, I got up to say it. I said, I want my friends to know I ain't the only strange person. There's a whole lot of them right here. I said, we got a whole church full of strange people. Because I know they've thought I was nuts. But, some, but can I tell you something? That ain't me putting on some kind of act for them. I want God to have his way. I want God to reach out and let them, let them know there's something bigger than this world's God, and his name is Jesus, and he can change a life. Okay, and without controversy, 
Great is the mystery of godliness. And the next word is God. I want you to understand something. It's going to have about five statements after this. And the statements all refer to Christ. And they all refer to Paul telling Timothy about this great mystery of godliness. And he don't have to tell. Timothy knows. But he's trying to let him know, listen, you ain't going to be able to make these people believe this on your own, Timothy. It's what Jesus has done. Listen to this. It says, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to glory. How many knows there's a lot of statements there? But I want, you, I want to go through them. I'm going to use them because them is what I want you to hear. That's what I want you to get a hold of. Why? Because if we get off of anything, we can't get off to anything that pleases us and leave Jesus out. Jesus Christ is where the glory goes. Jesus Christ is who paid the price. He is the Savior of the world, and the Father put him right in the midst of it. You can't look around him. You can't look over. You can't look past him. You can't go do your own thing and think Christ is going to receive the glory. It has to be the glory going to him. It has to be what he desires, not only in word, but in the heart of what he's doing in you. Let's go to the first one. It says again, after it says God, it says was manifested in the flesh. Well, that, that makes good sense. It says, it says he was manifested in the flesh. That means he was shown as a man. How many knows you've got to believe Jesus came in the flesh? See, I, I, Jehovah Witness don't believe that. They believe he came. He was like an angel. He never really suffered in the flesh. But can I tell you, if he didn't become me and you, he couldn't be our Savior. He came the way the Father sent him. And Paul is telling Timothy, what's so mystery about this is Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That doesn't make no sense to nobody. Look back and try to tell somebody, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came as a little baby and he grew up to be a Savior of the world. That don't make no sense. That doesn't add up. It doesn't fit the flesh. But it did because God made a new man in Jesus Christ. He made a man that brought the will of God to mankind, that brought the hope to mankind. Jesus was all flesh. He was all man, but he was also still all God. It says one place his name will be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. How many knows God came down in the flesh? It says John 1.14 says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All the way back at 1 John 1 and 2. First chapter of 1 John, the second verse. You don't have to turn to these, but if you want to write them down, I'm trying to give you what manifest in the flesh is. And it says in, a, in a one John, 1 John 1, 2, it says, For the life was manifested and we have seen it. John's telling us. We not only seen it, 
we bear witness and show it unto show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. How many knows Jesus was sent by the Father, brought down here to become, that is one of the greatest parts of the beautiful mystery of godliness. It was that Jesus would come down to be a part of us. That's number one. Number two, he was justified in the spirit. Justified in the spirit. He was righteous by the Holy Spirit of God that was on him. Listen to this. In Matthew 3, 16, Jesus, when he was baptized, he went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened and, un, and unto him. And John, John the Baptist, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. How many knows when Jesus came out and stepped out to do the Father's will? Listen to what I'm saying. He stepped out. John watched the Holy Spirit like a dove come down upon him. You're talking about a mystery. The Holy Spirit of God was upon Jesus. He not only lived his life and never sinned, but the power of God was upon him. No man spake like him. Listen to me, the Spirit of God was upon him. How many sees it? The Spirit. He's justified in the Spirit. He was righteous in the Spirit. He walked this out completely to the end. He walked there every step to the cross. He surrendered himself to the cross. Finding himself in the flesh, he was faithful to the end and died on the cross. The Spirit was on him. He knew he was following the Father's will. What a mystery. The world can't see it. The flesh can't understand it. But see, that is our mystery of godliness. Is that Jesus paid our price. It's all wrapped up in him. In Romans 1.4, one more scripture, it says, And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness spirit of holiness can you imagine you know what I've met Christians that I knew years ago that used to just worship God and praise God and they seem to have stepped off the line and they're drying up but they never saw Jesus that way Every everywhere he went, every step he took, every time he turned his head and there was a need, he went to that need and he took care of it. Faithful and true. Who is the faithful and true but him? Who is it that brought hope to everyone? Him. Everybody had their own problems. Everybody had their own griefs. Everybody had their own sorrows. But he walked through this life, walking a perfect walk in the spirit of holiness. That's why he drawed the crowd. If you get a hold of his presence and you walk this out, listen to me. He don't want you walking off with your head in the cloud. 
He wants you to walk through this life and carry Christ. Because I can tell you right now, you know and I know our Savior suffered a lot of opposition. And if you claim Christ and you claim his spirit and you claim his power, there's going to be opposition. You're going to suffer like he suffered. But it'll be worth it because that's how he can use us. Okay, I'll go to the third one. Scene of angels. I'm just going to read one verse of this, but I thought about the angels. The angels were there on his birth. They were there at his life, in his life. They were there in the resurrection, and they were there in the ascension. How many knows? You look around, there's Jesus. And Jesus, everything he went through, the angels. The angels showed up on Mount Transfiguration. They, everywhere he went, the angels were sent. How many knows he was seen of the angels? They knew who he was. He was God's son. It says in 28.2, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. I, you know what? I'd like, I'd like to talk to that angel when I get to heaven. What a, what a call. Uh, God says, I need an angel to go down and open back up that tomb. Have I got any volunteers? And I believe that angel. I think that's why it says he sat down up on the stone. He knew exactly what he was coming for. Jesus not only died pure, and the Father said, I will not leave him there because he died. Uh, he died and he was perfect. He made the sacrifice, and the father said, go get him. And they brought him out. They brought the stone, and they rolled it away, and the angel was there. He was seen of angels. When, they, when he got ready to depart, and he was going back to heaven, and they standing looking up, and the two men in white apparel said, why stand you gazing up? This same Jesus will come back. How many knows the angels were involved in him? Why God sent the angels for the confirmation upon Christ. They were seen. The angels saw him. They knew who he was. Praise God. The next one. He was preached unto the Gentiles. Gentiles is everybody that's not a Jew. Look at verse Acts 10th, the 10th chapter. The 34th and 35th verse, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of person. But in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted of him. I praise God. We, I believe this is a house of God. But I'm tickled to death. Randy, I'm tickled to death. There's a mark on the other side of the world. Praising God, serving God, worshiping, and lifting him up and trying to help people. Praise God for the missionaries. Praise God for all of those that do work. And praise God for the church. Paul is writing to the church. He's writing for Paul, for Timothy to talk to the church about this. The church is that pillar. The church is important. You know what? I have seen some missionary people, and they always talk about the seed and how that you need to go and throw out all your uh, 
direction toward them. And I praise God for them because I know it's good. It's true. But I also know sometimes they forget that how important the church is. Because the church is important. And I can say that because I'm, I'm a pastor here. You know, I can say, oh, no, it's nothing about it. It's all about the church. But sometimes, uh, you know, it's like somebody that's got a downtown ministry. They think it's all about standing on the street corner screaming Jesus. And you know what? If that's what God's called them to do, I'm all for them. But can I tell you, the church has a work to do. And one of it is, is to show up together and praise his name and lift him up and to be there as a lighthouse to those that want to come. People don't come here looking for entertainment. They shouldn't come to any church looking for entertainment. They should be coming because they're looking for what God is trying to tell them personally. You just got a short time in this life and you're going to be facing the days of going into eternity. And I'll tell you, God has provided all things for you. In Romans 10, in verse 18, it says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. I'm going to tell you, he's, he's talking about this gospel went from the Jewish people that Jesus came to, but it went to the whole nations. Every one of us. That's exactly what he said up there. He said it was preached unto the Gentiles. What was preached? It was preached about Jesus Christ. Paul's saying, listen, you can't leave that message out. You can't give enough things away. You can't entertain people well enough to keep them or to save them. But Jesus Christ paid the price, and he is not going to change the story. Father didn't give some other ministry for somebody else. He gave one ministry. His name's Jesus. The next one's believed on in the world. Colossians 1.5. It says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is in all the world, and bring forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. You know what? I believe the gospel's gone all over the world. There's so many ministries, and you may say to yourself, well, that's not important. I never was called to go and do that ministry work. I wasn't called to go do missionary work all the way on the other side of the country to people I couldn't understand their language. But I'm going to tell you something. God will put it into the desire of somebody because he gave us a commission, and that's go to preach the gospel to the whole world. And that's why Paul's writing what he's writing to Timothy. Don't ever get away from the foundation of what this gospel's about. The gospel, the godliness of this gospel is in Jesus Christ and what he has done. He came in the flesh. He was seen of angels. He's justified in the spirit. He's preached to all nations. And he's believed all around the world. He didn't just throw words that way. I think he's just as strong in his message on the other side of the world as he is in the United States of America. 
He's just as strong. The message is still just as strong, Bobby. The power is just as real. I don't care if you understand them or I understand them. God knows what they're doing, and he's looking upon the hearts of people. Okay. Believed on in the world. The next one is, the last one is, received up to glory. And that's in Luke 24, 51. It says, and it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. How many of those witnesses saw him being resurrected, being ascended to the Father? How many of those witnesses saw it? When these disciples was told to go wait for the promise, I want to tell you something. They'd already seen enough. They already believed in who he was. They'd already watched him die, his body completely destroyed. And yet, they saw him alive. He told Thomas, put your hand, put your fingers into my hand. See the holes. See the, see the old places. It was him. Thomas said, I got to see it myself. I wasn't there. I didn't see it, but I believe it. You know, I believe it. You'll have to believe it. It might have been 2,000 years ago. It might have been all of those things, but I still believe it happened. It's the foundation of what I stand on. I stand on because I know he defeated death. And I know he's coming to get us soon. How many knows he's coming? I ain't looking at the world waiting on his coming. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for what he's doing. That scriptures, just for some reason, I couldn't get away from any of that. That little bit of scripture of verse 16 just lit me up all week thinking about it. Because I realized what all Jesus Christ the foundation of what we live and believe. Paul was just handing it to young Timothy, young Pastor Timothy. He's handing him what he wants him to, to tell the rest of them. Don't ever get away from the foundation of who he is and what he's accomplished. It is our message. It's our message. It's our witness. He not only witnesses, that spirit of God will come into you and he witnesses to you that he's there. And that's what we were talking about yesterday. You know, even when my, I told this before, when my grandma was an old lady and she couldn't, she got scared because she knew she was not going to live long. She's 95. She got scared. She wants dad to come out and pray with her. He prayed the first time, nothing happened. He prays the second time and she felt the spirit of God and she said, okay, you can go home. I don't need you. All I needed to feel was God was still with me. 95 years old, she's still crying out. Lord, I just want to know, are you with me, Lord? I'm holding on to you, Lord. I'm holding on by faith. I believe what I believe, what I've believed all my life. But I need to feel your presence one more time. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51, I'm almost done, believe it or not. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. There's one verse there I want you to hear. A little short one. It says, Behold, Paul's talking about 
this resurrection coming. He's talking about this rapture coming. He's talking about the day we're looking forward to. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. It's a mystery. Don't you know it's a mystery that, that we can all be taken out of here? You know what? The world laughs at us when we, call, we talk about doing that. We'll talk about maybe somebody, I hope the pilot's a, a, a Christian. Otherwise, all them people's going down. If the pilot's a Christian, he'll go to be with the Lord and they ain't going to have no pilot. You know, I hear all kinds of stories about it. But can I tell you something? This is, it's a mystery, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hear what I'm telling you. He said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. Not everybody's going to die because when he comes, some of us are going to be standing here. Some of us are going to be ready. I'd like to be down there next to my mom and dad when they come out of there, Dorothy. I'd love to just grab my father's hand and say, Papa, I'm going with you. I'd love to do that. Whether I'm there or not, I'm going to have to be changed. Whether I die and go into the grave that everybody's afraid to go to, can I tell you something? He already defeated the grave. Not, I not only know he defeated it, and I know every promise that he's made in it. And I believe his promises. So I know if anybody can walk before us and go through these doors, we can go through these doors. I don't let the enemy tell me what it's going to be like. I don't let the doctor tell me how bad it's going to be. I'm holding on to what Jesus said. I don't know if I'll be here when the rapture comes. I may not, but you ain't going ahead of me. I'm going to be right level with you. When, you get, when the graves come out of the ground and they get right about right here where you all standing, guess what? I'm going to be with you. You ain't going ahead of me. Praise God. Don't you, don't you want to believe this? Don't you want to grab a hold of it? Don't you want to hold that into your heart? Take the words that, that's why I tell you, this is life to you. These words are life. Romans 16, 25. Becky, you can come back up if you want. Romans 16, 25. I want to read three verses there. He says, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Paul's writing to the Romans. And it says, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, made known by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, read that for a purpose. I want you to know something. Every time the prophets spoke of it, when Isaiah prophesied about how he would come as a little baby, when Isaiah prophesied of how he would suffer for the sins of the people in the 51st, 50, 53rd chapter of Isaiah. 
Can I tell you something, other? Those things have proved and pointed to Jesus Christ and the mystery of this gospel that they were talking about what was going to happen then has came to pass through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Don't you realize it? Don't you realize Jesus made the fulfillment of all the prophets' words? Those that prophet, the prophets that spoke for Christ, all those scriptures, all those words that came out, they were prophesied it was going to happen, and it happened. Praise God. I got to read you one more thing here. Romans, uh, Revelation, the 10th chapter. You think, what has this got to do with the Revelation? Listen to this. Revelation 10, verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, there were seven angels sounding. Listen to this. And John's getting ready to told to eat this book. Just chew it up and eat it. But in the seventh verse, he says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. As he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. How many knows in the future... When we get out of here, when the time's done, how many knows the mystery of God's over? It ain't going to be no more mystery. When the resurrection comes, guess what? We're going to be there and we're going to know all things through him. I won't be guessing. I won't have to read on how in the world. Lord, help me understand it. There won't be no more finding out stuff. You'll understand it all by and by. It's coming to pass. It says here, John's saying the mystery of God will be finished. Now look over at the next chapter and look at verse 15. Talking about the seventh angel again. It said, and the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voice in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. How many knows that goes along with that, that uh, verse in the 10th chapter? Look at 10, 7, and 11, 15 together. Look at them together because talking about the same angel making a great sound. He's not only saying the mystery is done, but he's saying the Lord will take over. There won't be no doubt of who's ruling because he'll rule and reign righteously. And we ain't going to have to worry about the nations coming against us no more. We're not going to have to about war. All those things are going to be put away. Because Jesus is coming and to reign and to rule. And we're going to be with him. How many knows that? We're already in heaven with him at this time. We're with him, ready to come back with him. But there'll be his kingdom from then on. There won't be no more kingdoms Anybody that don't go along with him being in charge, they're going to suffer. That's God's word. I'm not their judge. I'm not trying to put no, but I can tell you right now, there won't be no more mystery no more. Mystery build. But what a beautiful mystery that we have a hold of. Yes, the world don't understand. You keep thinking that the world's going to slap you on the back and say, man, I'm glad you're a Christian. No, they're not going to do it. 
I'm going to tell you they're going to hate you. The devil's going to rise up and he's going to oppose you on everything you try to do. If you try to raise your children in your home and you try to teach them about Jesus and you teach them to pray about everything and you teach them what the Bible tells you, guess what? That kid takes that to the school. The school will think you're a nut that somebody needs to take your kid away from you. You think I'm kidding, just try it. Try to tell your child, go to school and pray for the teacher. You'll find yourself in the, in the courtrooms before it's over. They don't want to hear that stuff. That ain't what they're teaching our children today. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to tell you they're blind to it. They don't see it. They don't understand. But we know the mystery. And the mystery is living inside of us. Jesus was the fulfillment of the Father's plan of salvation, the will of God. I want to thank Jesus for the plan of salvation. I want to thank Him, Grant. I want to get up there and like Harold sung so many times at the top of his voice for what he felt inside. I want to sing, I want to thank Jesus for the plan of salvation because He came to rescue us from ourselves. Hallelujah. God knows every heart here. If you're not ready, He knows that. Are you living with the mystery of God inside of you that the world's just completely, they're dumbfounded. They think it's foolish what you believe. They don't know that what you have is real and it's true and every word will come to pass listen to me don't teach your children just little things teach them the whole bible teach them what jesus is teach him that he is the way of salvation that he's the only plan that the father has he sent his only begotten son our answer today when somebody comes in here and they're looking for Jesus I want them just to believe what we've told them before what somebody maybe a mother maybe a father has prayed and said save my child and they'll come to the house of God looking to understand what do I what am I missing What's wrong with my life? You know how many testimonies I've heard them on Jimmy Swagger and all of those, those giving their personal testimonies of how it happened to them. They were lost. They were confused. They were messed up. But all of a sudden, God began to speak to their heart. All of a sudden, this gospel began to open up to their mind and their heart. And all they could do was melt and say, Lord, where have I been? I've messed myself up, Lord. I've messed up every time I took over. But Lord, you are able to keep me, save me, set me free from myself. Turn me back to a little child holding the Father's hand and walking. That's who God is. That's what he's trying to do in every one of us. Trust him. Trust him enough to believe. Trust him enough. I had a hard time reading this Bible because I wasn't a good reader. But if he can get that in me, 
He can get it in you. Some of you are a lot smarter than I am when it comes to that stuff. Let God have his way today. Everybody stand if you will. Whatever you need today, whatever you think you need, bring it to him. Don't say, I prayed about it already. Say, Lord, I'm bringing it to you. I hand it to you, Lord, today. From this day forward, I'm going to get victory over it. I'm going I'm to have power to go forward and press on for you. I believe that's what God wants us all, to walk in victory. You need to pray. You come while they say. I never saw the cross he carried up to Calvary's hill. And I never saw the precious blood that my Savior spilled. And I never heard the mob that cried, Oh, let him be crucified. No, I never saw it. Still, I believe for me he died. And every step he took lot of things 
still I believe when Jesus died, He died for me. I never saw the rusty nails they drove into His hands and His feet. And I wasn't there to hear him say, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And I never saw the Roman soldiers as they pierced him in his side. But when he hung his head and said, it is finished, Still I believe for me he died every step he took to Calvary Oh and every drop of blood he shed I know he shed for me There's a lot of things I cannot see. Oh no, still I believe when Jesus died, He died for me. There's a lot of
Oh, oh. 